Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Good evening, everyone. Good evening to the Hilton family. Y'all are amazing. I spoke to the Hilton family. I appreciate it. I Good evening, bro. We've been talking about the Bible. Hello, blessing Moses. We can know you there. The audio does sound funny. It would sound funny because there we go. Sound better. Sound better now. I'll be doing like the thing where it tries to. My microphone. How about now? What? How does my audio sound now? I hope it sounds better. Audio is not clear. Hmm. How about now? How does my audio sound? Better. Yes. I switched from. For some reason, we're using my laptop's microphone, which. Can be weird at times, but okay, let's kill this music. There we go. Ah, <sighs> thank you, Jesus. Okay, let's get our camera feed going. Well, hello everyone. Awesome. This is my studio where I get work done. And because of a little bit of short notice, I happen to do the broadcast from here. Um, so forgive me for everything looking all techie. Um, great haircut, right? Right? <laughs> thank you, y'all. Appreciate it, though. <laughs> okay, so I think um we should be ready to go. Let me just put up the flyer on the screen. This is Word for Now. For those who do not know, my name is Francis Seabor Jr. I am the son of Pastor Francis Seabor and Pastor Mrs. Chinere Seabor. For some reason, I don't have Word for Now elements on this laptop. That's so weird. Hmm. It has been a while, right? Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? Um, this is my first time ministering on Crystal Rivers this year. Yes, it has been a while, right? Since 2022, since I've not seen you guys since last year. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, let me see if I can get this. Crystal Rivers. Um, <laughs> Y'all like my cheesiness. What's up, Francis Danny? How you doing, man? And um, interesting. It still has the old one. Give me one second. Let me see if I can fetch my iPad and get this going as it should be. Okay, I'm back. Let's see here. Um, Pastor Francis, the audio is low. My bad. I'm sorry. I had to go quickly and run and grab my iPad. So I created new elements for Word for Now and for um, Mysteries of the Kingdom. And I need to make sure that all of those were present here during the broadcast. Um, by the way, quick run through. How many of you were blessed by the Yahweh um, to Face conference this year? Um, I would say that Yahweh to Face has always been about intimacy from the very beginning. Yay to new elements. <laughs> amen, amen. Um, oh, y'all are such a, a fun group, aren't you? <laughs> um, yes, this year's, um, I feel like this year's direction is the right direction because I've always felt like every Yahweh to face, we would have a theme, yes, but there was this overarching thing of like greater intimacy with God and reawakening. And that's what Tuvjibad is all about, the feast that 
um, this that usually the conference uh, kind of hovers around, Tub Shabbat. It's all about um, um, awakening, um, new branches blossoming, the almond branch. And all these speak about like greater intimacy with God, awakening into like um, deeper love for God. And a lot of those could be beautiful and colorful themes. For some reason, we never happen to land the ship that said um, that we should have um, our crystal, not crystal rivers, our Yahweh's Face Conference um, as a season and not just as a one-off thing, if that makes sense. So that's a direction we've embraced by the Lord and um, so far so good. So I can't find the elements. I do have them, um, but I'm just going to rely on our old ones. So Forgive me if things look a little bit outdated, y'all. Um, Jesus loves us all no matter what. This is Word for Now. Word for Now only takes place on Mondays. Um, it normally takes place, it used to take place on both Mondays and Wednesdays, but for right now, Pastor Francis Seaboro has received instructions to shift things in a different direction. And um, speaking of Papa, um, he sends his love and his greetings. And um, I'm sure everyone has been blessed by the few sessions that we've had with him. Um, this year alone to give us direction. Um, we're so grateful to the Lord for spiritual oversight and leadership and spiritual covering. Hallelujah. And overall, the heart. Amen. I would often tell like a lot of people, like what allows giftings to thrive is not necessarily, is not just any kind of gift, but the gift of a, of a good heart. Amen. And there's some hearts that um, the Lord has cultured for the specific purpose of uh, many people growing in a safe environment. Um, there's a man of God called, I believe it's Daniel Miller. Um, he's the upper room pastor. Um, I would watch him very closely. I never, I would always wonder why is there so much spiritual attention given to this dude? And I could not see the reason why. Then later on I saw it was his heart, amen? So whenever you see a leader that has a, a heart that is open to the workings of the spirits of God and allowing the giftings of God to flourish, as when I say the giftings, operations of God, um, other people in the, in the court, courts of the Lord flourish, um, treasure such a heart, if that makes sense, and um, pray for it because the enemy doesn't like such things and he wants things like that to die. <laughs> Hallelujah. He wants offense and all kinds of things or whatever. So pray for your leadership and um, I guess we can start. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the season you've, you've um, introduced us or brought us into, for the trajectory you've had us on, for the narrative that you are writing, and Lord God, for the transformation that is ongoing. Lord Jesus, we say thank you. We thank you for the workings of your precious Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and we say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. Oh, hallelujah, we say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, thank you, Jesus. Um, something I think is worth saying, the, um, we'll use Colossians chapter one and kick things off, amen? Again, I'm so sorry, we're using old school elements. Even though we're, if y'all could rejoice again, we're all about new, new, new stuff. Amen. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, so let's start from verse um, Colossians chapter 1. Let's start from verse 27. Here we go. Paul says this, To them God will, God will make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. 
excuse me, among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching. Excuse me. Hallelujah. Warning every man and teaching every man. Hallelujah. That we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, for which I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Hallelujah. You know, in your Christian walk, um, you want to be able to recognize the workings of God in your life. Now, I'm going to explain some of these things and by the mercy and grace of God, arrive at the place we call the seed. Amen. And um, yeah, I think we'll just do that. <laughs> so um, in your life, hallelujah, as you go about your daily activities, um, your soul is constantly bombarded by um, you know, all kinds of impulses, right? You have information coming to you about, you know, the temperature in here. This room was very warm before. I used my fan and air conditioner to make it less terrifying. Amen. And um, if not, it was going to be a constant distraction throughout this ministration. And right now I'm hearing like, I don't I think that's a spiritual sound I'm hearing though, but sometimes there'll be like a ringing or something happening in the room. There will be other things that'll be happening nearby. Um, People on, you know, walking by on the street, bus drivers, um, security guards yelling at each other, um, air conditioner, compressors coming, getting turned on, someone else nearby doing something. You're bombarded by information nonstop, okay? Now, um, that's not the major emphasis of what I'm trying to get at here. What I'm trying to, you know, arrive at is the fact that um, in the midst of all of these interactions, there are specific things um, that we actively engage with. So I've explained this before when I spoke, I've spoken about how your soul, when you're first born into this world, differentiates the different layers of consciousness, right? You have your regular consciousness, like the upper regions of your soul. We call that your mind. You have the slightly deeper regions. You know, one of them is called your subconscious. One of them is called your unconscious. And we refer to those collectively as the heart. Hallelujah. And how the intelligence, there's intelligence or wisdom by which um, your your soul filters all the information is being bombarded with and places them in these three areas and some things it seemingly discards but doesn't there's almost nothing that your soul loses track of amen but there are some things that form they kind of like form um, they are predominant thoughts they they aren't just things that you get to experience and you have memory of them they determine how you experience other things so for example Let's say you're a kid in elementary school and then someone calls you a funny name. There's multiple ways you can react to that. And depending on the kind of soul that you have, that can actually lead to something that is very traumatizing, um, especially in today's world. You know, my mom would always wonder, like, what is up with the young people today? Like when she, when, when, um, she was young, she was insulted nonstop. People made fun of her head and all kinds of different things. And she was like, it's a rite of passage. And today, someone, you know, laughs at your shoes and someone can commit suicide because of that. You know, there's many reasons why that's the case. The, you know, the bombardment of demons, social media, mental health issues, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, what I'm trying to get at here is the fact that that can be very traumatizing. Right. And this um, this is because at that point in time, that thought process that that individual received when the person was, you know, their shoes were insulted or or called funny names. When they received that thought process in, it began to influence how they experienced their life. Does that make sense? 
Well, that is when words enter into your heart. Hallelujah. That is when thoughts, sorry, enter into your heart. Well, truth is that words are expressed thoughts. So words and thoughts, kind of the same thing, right? When we say the word of God, we're talking about the thoughts of God, right? Hallelujah. When you meditate on God's thoughts, you are thinking like God. Hallelujah. So that's what happens when you maintain on God's word. The Bible says that if you maintain on God's word day and night, you will be like a tree by rivers of water. And then whatever you do, you will prosper because whatever God does, he prospers, right? If you think like God, you act like God, you would prosper, be victorious and rule and reign like God. Amen. And so um, this individual now experiences these thoughts and from the, then onwards begins to see life through the filter of those thoughts. All right. So some interactions that we experience in life can actually, um, for lack, control how we experience life. They can determine or steer, amen, or determine how we experience life. So, for example, um, this is what happens when people get raped, molested, basically traumatizing experiences. They tamper with how you experience the rest of your life. That's uh, um, this is one of the reasons why um, things of this nature are usually revolving around covenants. Amen. So things like sexual intercourse, hallelujah. Things like, uh, that's a major one, right? It's your sexuality as an individual, but then not just, um, 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 sexuality as well, but then even like authority figures speaking over you, um, those words that can traumatize you, the only words that should traumatize you are the, are those people that love you. Amen. As a believer, you have to be very careful to make sure you guard your heart against those people that say words, Amen. To hurt you intentionally, to make sure you don't receive those words into your heart. Amen. The words you need to receive into your heart are the words of God. Do not receive the words of Satan. Amen. I think that that should be common sense, but we, we have to make sure we're very careful. Just Christ, so don't be, be careful, not just what you hear, but then how you hear. Remember that verse? He said that because there are some things that you can hear that determine how you hear. So don't just be, be careful about what you're hearing, but also how it's affecting you. Does that make sense? So you're hearing something. I'm going to listen to that. Be, make sure it actually is not affecting you is what he's saying. This is interesting because all over my Instagram right now are posts about Beyonce. And um, it's interesting watching believers. I, I remember a post a, a girl sent me earlier on that she was telling me that um, she can't believe uh, one of her friends said that seasoned, that she knows of seasoned believers that enjoy listening to Beyonce. When I heard that, I was like, wow, seasoned believers. Is this seasoned with, um, <laughs> can you tell me some of the spices of Babylon, y'all? Can anyone? <laughs> Hallelujah. Beyonce is like, I'm, I'm not insulting her as a person, but her music, I mean, it's, it's clear like the armpit of this universe, right? Like there's some of these things you see, you have to, you need to have a demon sitting on your head to find these things appealing. I know what I'm saying. Whenever I find some things appealing, I know there's an evil spirit somewhere. Does that make sense? As a believer, these things are disgusting. Amen. And if, if um, every believer knows this, you engage in these things and you feel dirty, you feel unclean, you feel, you feel devalued. Amen. Um, okay. Let me get off this um, soapbox here and back onto the message. The things you listen to can affect you. Hallelujah. And many times the things that we listen to, they actually um, can kickstart processes in our life. All right. So you hear something that determines how you experience life. Now, that determinant factor, okay, that word that I was spoken to you that determines how you experience life, its goal is to reinforce itself. Does that make sense? 
In other words, let's say I hear someone that say something like, oh my goodness, Francis, you are such a, such a, um, such a, ah, I can't diss myself. Come on, there has to be something wrong with me. Can anyone tell me something that can you suggest to diss me? Can I, can I, can I, can I, can I? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> when your mind is so renewed, you can't think of bad things in your life, amen? Such an interesting person. See, see Francis Demi, also renewed mind. See people I'm surrounded by, people that God has, has chosen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, but let's say Francis is very selfish. Hallelujah. Now, that's a good one. I need one that can actively send me on a spiral. Um, say, Francis, you are so... unfriendly. So someone says that you have a big head. <laughs> okay, let's say you have a big... Let's say that. Someone says you have a big head. Okay? So you hear those words, you have a big head, and you're like, huh. I do you go to the mirror look you're like hey now those words spoken over you, if they traumatized you they are going to actually filter how you perceive your head you're going to now be looking for things that affirm those words said do i have a big head hey god unless your head is extremely small you have and you're very likely if those words traumatized you to believe that you have a big head from that point onwards, you keep on going around. Whenever anyone is laughing nearby, you look at them. No, I don't have a big head. <laughs> and then you run away into the distance, all right? You know why? Because these words have formed a belief system in your heart. Anyone get my little drama right there? Amen? My point I'm trying to get across here is this. Many times, amen, many of the voices we hear in our heads. Hallelujah. Many of the belief systems, amen? Sorry, many of the voices we hear in our heads are actually springing up from belief systems that we have accepted, from words that have traumatized us. Hallelujah. Now, the end goal is that those words, all right, that caused that trauma would bring about, all right, what those words are actually saying inside of you. Is everyone listening? You see some parents, they'll tell their children, you will never be anything in life out of anger. Now, they say those words, but because of that position of authority, those words can traumatize the children. And those words, when they eventually sink into the heart, hallelujah, can lead to thought processes that would eventually begin to work out inside of them, all right? There'll be an echo on the inside of them, okay? And that echo is saying what? You never amount to anything. You never amount to anything. You never amount to anything. And that echo continues, all right? And it keeps on subconsciously instructing that child. And everything that child is experiencing is going to be seen now in light of them not amounting to anything. The end goal of that is that unless that child is strong-willed, all right, and maybe has an encounter with the Lord, all right, that's able to break that successfully, completely, that child is going to find themselves on a downward spiral. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Why am I saying all of these things? I'm making reference, hallelujah, to um, a, a principle in the scripture referred to as workings. Amen? You remember that verse we just read now? Paul spoke here in the book of Colossians chapter 1. Okay, I'm blessed. Hallelujah. There we go. I see it now. Colossians chapter 1. Let's start from verse 29. For which I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. Paul said the workings of the Lord are working in him mightily. What does that mean? Paul is basically saying this. The words of the Lord traumatized Paul, but there is an intensity with which that trauma came to the intent that now... There is now this fountain, right, of the word of God flowing on the inside of Paul, looking to affirm itself inside of Paul 
the end goal is that Paul is going to become what those words have said. Does that make sense? I use the negative um, side of things to explain this process. Hallelujah. Basically, what I'm trying to say is this. Hallelujah. Words that we interact with, that we engage with to a specific level can kickstart processes in our lives called workings. Hallelujah. You can engage. I'm using all these words that we're all familiar with, right? You can engage a a, a song. There's this lady called Cesar, right? Um, She's a very famous um, (laughs) worship leader, pretty much. Uh, Man, she has an anointed voice. My goodness. So I really wanted to see what this girl looked like. So I went on an Instagram page. God, I was so heartbroken. I said, God, dear Lord, we need to make sure that believers, we have believers that have power in their voices. Amen. And their voices thunder. Some of these celebrities, you know how much influence they carry? Someone says because they're in the world. I'm telling you, some of these voices, if they are tutored and discipled in the ways of Jesus Christ, not just, not just that they're allowed to preach and sing. I'm talking about discipled properly. And they're taught proper priesthood. If you give those people space, they will tear, they will tear a generation apart. I know what I'm saying. There's, a, there's some people that they have a sound that it just rings loud in the hearts of young people. Amen? In the hearts of a generation, essentially. I mean, I'm making reference to an entire generation. Um, anyways, if you listen to that lady's song, songs, okay? What I have discovered is I, there's one specific song that was at the end of the Black Panther movie, and the song is so catchy. And I found myself like, um, it, was on, it's, it got popular on TikTok and Instagram real quick. I say TikTok as though I have a presence there. Anyways, <laughs> um, All the Stars Are Closer is the song name of the song. If you keep on listening to that song over and over and over and over and over again, I can assure you there's an evil spirit waiting for you at the end of that interaction. Because what's going to be happening is that as the words of those songs, okay, all right? Remember, words are what? Expressed thoughts, okay? So when someone, the Bible says, after the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, amen? So this lady, Cesar, all right, she has some musings, some med- meditations, some um, thought processes in her life, and she was inspired, and she brought forth you know, these lyrics, these song lyrics, and she sang them majestically, probably under inspiration as well. Yeah, and I don't mean, mean like dark inspiration. I just mean like, I just mean like in a neutral way, okay? I'm not implying that she's explicitly like outrightly demonic and, you know, sacrificing to demons. I will not be surprised if she was too because of some things I've seen. But um, point just being though, if this, if you, it, it, her releasing those sounds into the airwaves, into these albums, into these songs, into these music videos, into this, um, these movies and stuff or whatever, the thought processes that she was engaged with were released as well. And those things, they travel, all right? Hallelujah. And they land on someone that's listening. And as they begin to enjoy it, the song is anointed, it can traumatize them. Please understand something. Trauma, trauma doesn't just mean bad things. You can be traumatized by pleasurable things. Amen? This is why when someone has um, sexual intercourse outside of marriage, it becomes very hard to stop. Yes, because what usually happens is that your soul has been traumatized by that pleasure, and automatically that trauma seeks to repeat itself. I hope everyone understands what I'm saying. This is why sexuality has to be preserved aggressively. Amen? And there's, there's redemption and healing in the blood of Jesus. I know exactly what I'm saying. 
I've seen many people set free. I've been set free of all kinds of horrible things by the blood and power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I've seen many people that, um, you know, they lost their virginity. And um, even I've heard stories about people that got their virginity back as ladies. And guys that, you know, that entire area of the, their sexuality was successfully healed and restored. Amen. Honestly speaking, when I hear some of these stories and testimonies, I can just tell how powerful our God is. <sighs> some things that I can tell. If, if someone was addicted to meth, amen, meth is a very traumatizing drug. Amen. You take that thing, you're, it's almost a death sentence. That's the truth. When I hear people that were addicted to meth, crystal meth, that God healed, man, I always wonder, can I get some of the Aurora that touched their heads? Like, Lord Jesus, the measure of anointing I used to touch them, can I touch that thing too? I just wonder what I'll feel like. Because the bliss of the presence of God that can neutralize the, that trauma in someone's heart must be incredible. That's the truth. People that were addicted to, to weed, you know, you can excite some resistance there, but cocaine? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So my, my point of all these things here is to explain a process, okay? Someone has thought processes. They release them as words. If someone else takes them, all right, and those words traumatize them, they can also form thought processes on the inside of you. Now, those thought processes are going, the end goal is that those thought processes will reproduce the person from which those thoughts came from. That's what I'm going to get at here, okay? This is why God's word is called a seed, this is also why Satan's words are called seeds, because if they're able, these seeds are able to penetrate the soil of your heart, amen, and sink in deep, what's going to happen? There is going to be a harvest. Hallelujah. I'm continuing in the direction that Papa, um, Pastor Papa um, was on last week, amen, when he spoke about the seed and fruitfulness. Hallelujah. What I want to let us uh, lay emphasis on here is on things that we can do, amen, to facilitate this process, right? of being traumatized by the seed of God's word, hallelujah, and frustrating being traumatized by the seed of Satan's words. Hallelujah. Why is this important? Because all throughout the scriptures, when we approach the end of the ages, which, you know, no rocket science has to tell you that, or prophet has to tell you that, we're, that's where we're at right now, right? Harvest season is the end of the age. Let's see if we can get some scriptures that say that. This is in Matthew 13. I'm very sure of that. The harvest is at the end of the age. That is Matthew chapter 13 from verse 39. Let's take a look here. So Jesus Christ says, The enemy that sowed the seeds is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. That's Aeon. And the reapers are the angels. Hallelujah. So basically, at the end of the ages, hallelujah, What's going to be happening? Harvest. What does that mean? All the thoughts that you have received, right? What kind of person, what kind of thoughts have you been interacting with? What kind of meditations have you allowed into your heart? What kind of, of, of seeds have been sown in the soil, right? In your soil, in your garden. Hallelujah. I hope everyone understands what I'm saying. The end of the ages, amen, what we call Judgment Day. Hallelujah. I know in our minds when we hear Judgment Day, because of the narratives in Scripture sometimes, prophetic narratives, and even the dramas that we have done, we have in our minds this picture of a giant, huge um, um, courtroom kind of setting or a huge, what's that thing the uh, judge sits on? That giant tall thing, whatever it's called, where they sits there, and then they hammer. They now open the books, and they now call your name. Francis O'Day, step forward. We're going to look at your life, but not press play. And they'll play your entire life in front of you, 
and it wasn't going to happen, Kai, you disobey God here. You obeyed God here. This is, this is, this is, hallelujah. Now, <laughs> son is laughing already. <laughs> hallelujah. Now, um, while, honestly speaking, those prophetic images do capture the things that will take place and will happen, hallelujah, a, a better way of understanding these things is captured in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's look at that real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's start from verse... Um, ooh, ooh, I like this one. Let's start from verse... Let's start from verse 1. This is a good portion. Papa likes reading the whole bunch of scripture, right? The whole chapter. For we know that if our earthly house, this tabernacle, was dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly designed to be clothed about with our house, which is from heaven. Have a drink of water. That being so clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened, not because we would be unclothed, but clothed about that mortality might be swallowed by life. Paul is basically saying here, hallelujah, that our physical bodies, hallelujah, are meant to experience a transformation process. That's all that he just basically all just captured in here, okay? Now, he said here that we are groaning for this. That's a groaning of um, Romans chapter 8, right? The redemption of our bodies. Now, he that has wrought us for this selfsame thing is God, who has also given unto us the pledge of the Spirit. Therefore, we are also always confident, knowing that when we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we are confident, I say, and willing right to be absent from the body, and to be present with the Lord. This is speaking about the transformation process, right? When you receive that resurrected body, what are you going to find yourself in? In the presence of the Lord, right? Therefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted by him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to what he has done, whether it be good or bad. Now, if you check the original you know, scripture, and by that what I mean is the original Greek, the original language, you will notice that where it says here, everyone may receive the things done in his body, there is actually, um, the word done is actually italicized, meaning that the deeds are in the body. Hallelujah. The deeds are where? In the body. Now, when the Bible talks about deeds in your body, amen, you need to look at scriptures like Romans chapter 8, where the Bible talks about being carnally minded, right? And being spiritually minded. Romans chapter 8 shows that if you are spiritually minded, you will live. And if you are carnally minded, you will die. Now, the dying he described there is having a body of death. And remember that, Romans chapter 7, when Paul said, um, that which I want to do, I cannot do. Remember that, Romans chapter 7? Let's just look at that real quick. It's a very interesting narrative, right? Let's start from verse 20, from verse 19. I'm just going to skim right through because we all know the scripture, right? It says here, for the good that I will do, um, I do not, but the evil which I would not do, <laughs> that I do. So basically, I want to do what's right, but I find myself doing what is wrong. Hallelujah. He makes reference and goes on to explain in verse 24. Or let's start from verse 2021, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present within, with, with me. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. And it keeps on going on and on. In verse 24, he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Hallelujah. 
Praise the Lord. Now, when you read that portion of scripture, Paul was many make reference to the body of death and even to his wretched state and even the law he found in his members. Paul was actually looking back to Adam and Eve. Amen. When they disobeyed God, hallelujah, by receiving the words of Satan or by receiving the thoughts of Satan or by thinking the thoughts of Satan or thinking the way Satan does. I've just said the same thing several times, right? Because the true knowledge of good and evil is actually Satan's life. God did not plant that tree. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So basically, Satan's life, the thought process that drove Satan's life, Adam and Eve, they received them into their hearts and they were traumatized. When the Bible says that they ate of them and their eyes were opened, they began to see life through the filter, right, of Satan's life. And those words of Satan that they received began to instruct them on how to respond to all the different stimulus coming in. Amen. And because of that, you see them walking or living in a specific way. That is called the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. Paul makes reference to that here, right? And he keeps on hammering that because of this law, these thought processes on in, the inside of me, even when I want to try and do good things, I can't because of the way, right? Because of the seed sown in my heart, because of the workings at play on the inside of me. Paul, in that portion of scripture, actually goes on to explain, if you read on verse 21, O wretched, this is 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So he calls it the body of death. Amen. That's why in um, um, Romans chapter 8, he says, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, right? But the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit that raises Christ from the dead dwells in you, the spirits would give life to your mortal bodies. That is not going to happen automatically if you, child of God, hallelujah, are thinking carnal thoughts, are thinking earthly thoughts, or you are allowing seeds of Satan's life to be to remain in your heart. Amen. What's going to be happening to you is that instead of your body becoming a living body, right? Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, right? A living sacrifice. What does that mean? You're, 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 you're allowing the Holy Spirit to give life to your mortal body. Amen. Let's, let's take a look at that portion of scripture, Romans chapter 8. You're going to see a lot of references to what we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 when Paul said the deeds done in the body. Hallelujah. So it says here, there's therefore no condemnation for those who are in, the, in Christ Jesus who walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So Paul is making reference here. Automatically, we can tell from everything we've just said now, if there is a law of sin and death that was activated when Adam and Eve partook, right, of the true good and evil, we can easily see that the law of, of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus comes from us thinking God thoughts. Can we all see that? Pretty simple, right? Can everyone see that? Hey, Jesus, this, these hand gestures, not convincing. Let's take a look we at the see. You can see. Okay. That's good. <laughs> All right. So we're going to keep on going. I didn't even know that y'all could unmute. <laughs> I'll mute still. <laughs> okay. So it says here, um, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ is made me for lost sin and death. For what the law could not do because it was weak in the flesh, God, by sending his own son, like a single flesh for sin, condemned sin in the flesh and that the righteousness of the law may be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the law. According to the flesh, but according to the spirit, sorry. For those who, who are according to the flesh, do what? They mind the things of the flesh. Can you see, can you see that, beloved? Those who are fleshly, they do what? They mind, they think those thoughts, right? So let's keep this going. 
but those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that is what puts Paul in that situation where he wanted to do good things but could not. To be carnally minded is the body of death. But look what he says here. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. That is a different kind of body. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the see, see, do you see that? Those who are in the flesh can what? They cannot please God. In other words, the deeds in their body, if they go before the judgment seat of Christ with those deeds in the body, hallelujah, the judgment seat of Christ is not going to affirm those things. Remember what we read before? We must all stand before the judgment seat of Christ that we may receive the rewards of things that were done, deeds in the body, right? Whether good or bad. So if you mind... Worldliness. If, if you give your heart to worldliness, beloved, in your body is going to be that record. This is why I say things like God doesn't keep record of our sins. He doesn't need to. That's the truth. God forgives by nature. God doesn't hold grudges. No, God just expresses his life. Amen? Now, when God is expressing his life, he gives warnings, first of all, as his essence, right, permeates whatever environment he's given expression to himself in. Does that make sense? And when those warnings, if they are received, and as he expresses himself, you will not be hurt by that expression. I say that because God's, God expressing himself is light, and light does something. It reveals the true nature of things. So if you are carrying sin and light is shining, you are going to experience death. Does that make sense? Not because God killed you. No, because you were always dying. But the death that you were dying was not seen. But when the true light shines, that death manifests for what it truly is. Hallelujah. So, dialing things back real quick. Okay, let's go back to, to where we're at before. Amen. God doesn't hold record of our sins, right? What he does is that he expresses himself. But if you, child of God, right, your, your, your own body bears a record of what you're doing, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and according to Romans chapter 8. Is everyone listening? So when you read Revelations chapter 20, when the Bible says the books were opened and another book was opened called the book of life, many people, they have things written concerning them in their physical bodies. Some people, they're carrying you are a failure in life, in their physical body. They're carrying it around. Why? Because of the thoughts that they are thinking. Is everyone listening? Because of the meditation of the heart, because of the things they have allowed to traumatize them, they're carrying with a body of condemnation. They try to prosper, right? But what happens? That thing is a cage that keeps them tied. Who understands what I'm saying? Now, imagine what, what, imagine what the Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 1. When the Bible says... That there is a man that is blessed. You know the reason why? Because day and night, his meditations are what? On the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, ooh, this man will prosper in everything that he does. You know why? Not only will this person's soul, right? Will this person's mind, will this person's consciousness, right? Will this person's soil be littered with seeds of God's dominion, but the person's body will now function, right, as an agency for giving expression to what's in the heart. Who understands what I'm saying? It's almost like your physical body is a tool to facilitate, amen, the, the, the workings that you are engaging actively. So, for example, let's say I'm interacting with God's word for healing, amen. To be honest with you, you can practice it with any area of your life. You know you can break the power of, of lust and sin in your physical body, amen, by using your heart to engage God's word. And you will do it to the place where you can shut down biological processes. Yes, expression of life. 
you can shut down evil biological processes in your body. Amen. I know what I'm saying. I know exactly what I am saying. You can shut down almost instinctive automatic responses. Look at jo Joseph and Potiphar's wife. Amen. How did he come into that estate where he could run away? You know, we, we, we forget, we think that this thing happened once. That Potiphar's wife just came, came on him, this guy, once. Potiphar's wife had been assaulting and sexually harassing this boy, I don't know for how many years. If you check the scripture, the Bible says every day. That means this girl was, this woman, sorry, Kai. 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 Satan is wicked. That's, they wanted to kill Israel. They wanted to kill Jacob. They wanted to kill the seed of the woman. <laughs> Look at how the warfare manifested. Isn't this devil wicked? <laughs> Do you know that Potiphar's wife, Potiphar was a general in, in, in Egypt, and Egypt was like a world power back then. And back then, people didn't dress. You know, now we're complaining about, ah, like um, I saw someone, um, I think it's this dude, um, this pastor that talks about relationships a lot. He was talking about people like during weddings, every, wedding, weddings in, most of the time now are basically like an opportunity for everyone to dress like they're half naked. Many weddings, I'm like, why are we doing this? To this is supposed to be a time of, anyways. So um, basically, I'm wondering why I was going in that direction. Yes, if you look at um, how things are bad now, <laughs> in part of the first time, people were walk walking around topless, completely naked. When Joseph was brought as a slave to Egypt, he probably wasn't wearing any clothes. Hallelujah. So when, when you think about part of his wife disturbing him, it wasn't her disturbing, but just winking at him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. It would have been more intense. All with the attempt of doing something, firing seeds into this young man's heart. Is everyone listening? Anyway, let me stop people from unmuting themselves. <laughs> Hallelujah. The end goal of all of those interactions was so that what? On a specific day, the Bible says that. Shooting or shot. Thank you, Ethiopia. <laughs> On a specific day, the Bible says that when no one was around. See how wicked Satan is? That is actually a day of harvest, right? They wanted to see whether this guy was guarding his heart with all diligence seduction plus witchcraft thank you because what they want to do was kill that boy and by killing that boy they can kill the prosperity of israel that would have been how that that um famine came i was listening to a man of god and he explained something that when pharaoh had many of the dreams that were interpreted as god gave people the dream, these dreams it wasn't god that gave them dreams hallelujah many of these kings that they saw how the world would end the different things or whatever so what uh, Manigal was explaining once that, um, I think it's Pastor David Edwards, I think it's Pastor David Edwards, I think it's him, that he explained that the rituals for many of these pagan kings, amen, coming into the throne, they don't come into the throne because they are very powerful, or they have lots of charisma, or they're very good looking, or they're very, very tall, or they're dark. <laughs> they go through rituals. Some people, they have, you have to eat body parts of the previous, de, um, previous um, um, king in that dynasty. Some people, they have to eat the liver and do all kinds of rituals, amen? Now, by doing a lot of those rituals, many times, a lot of evil spirits, and they baptize them with a lot of evil spirits. Many times, the priests will do rituals. Who's ever seen Lion King before? Rafiki, like the priest of the, of the, of the pride, right? A lot of, still happens today, exactly. Thank you, okay? And by, they do all of these rituals, all with the intent that when the king is sitting there, he's not the king that's sitting there. The king is an avatar for a dark prince. Is everyone listening? Now, what happens is that because the, the person sitting on the throne is possessed by the dark prince, this is why you see in the book of um, the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, when God wants to judge the dark princes, he targets the human avatar, the king of Tyre. Check how God addressed the king of Tyre. You would think that God was talking to Lucifer. You never seen that? Or the king of Babylon, according to Isaiah chapter 14. You think that God was talking to Lucifer. 
But wasn't it Nebuchadnezzar? Wasn't it all of these kings that were judged one by one? Hallelujah. So when you, when you see this portion of the scripture is because these guys were literally possessed by evil spirits. So they're sitting on their throne, right? Or they're doing whatever they're doing. They're going about their whatever activities. From time to time, these guys would have moments where the thoughts of the evil spirits and their thoughts would mix. And they would find themselves thinking the thoughts of these evil spirits. Sometimes they'll find themselves wanting to do the will of these evil spirits. That's what happened to King Saul. He saw David, right? What happened when he saw David? David was playing the harp. And as he was playing the harp, the evil spirit you know, was aroused inside of Saul and he took a spear and he launched at that boy. That wasn't him. It was the evil spirit that wanted to kill David. Hope everyone understands. So what I'm saying here is that these guys sometimes, they would come into the, the plans and purpose and agendas of these dark spirits, all right, to attack the seed of God. Now, while they come up with these ideas, right, the king wakes up from the dream and thinks to himself, what can this thing mean? Not knowing that what's happened is that the plan of Satan, amen, to crush God's people is what the guy saw. Hallelujah. Fortunately, there's usually a seed of Abraham somewhere nearby to not only, we just should come for us, thank you, right? You know how we do that? By being possessed by the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit of God. Singing to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We are actually meant to be frolicking. The Bible says, we're meant to come into the deep, we're meant to be, we're meant to know the thing, deep things of God that have been freely given to us by God. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. So, Oh dear, that was fun. So these um, dark princes, right? They would engage with, um, sorry, these um, rulers engage with these thoughts and they come into all these things. Eventually, a Joseph, a something will intercept them and because of that, there will be salvation for God's people. Hope you want to see the narrative here, what I'm trying to get at here. Hallelujah. All of these things, all right? You check all of them down. If you trace all of them down, you would see that Someone like a Joseph, because of what he gave his heart to, because of the meditations that he gave himself to, when it was harvest time, what, what came forth was Christ. When that woman lunged after him, she wanted to rape that small boy. <laughs> lunged after him, what happened? He ran away naked, ran for his life. You know why? The fear of God was inside of him. He was preaching to the woman while she was, how can I sin against God? Hallelujah. Who gets the picture here? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So this, what I'm trying to capture here now is, is an understanding of what we as believers are meant to do with the seed of God's word. We are meant to take the thoughts of God. Where are the thoughts of God found? In this book, y'all! We're meant to take the thoughts of God and allow the thoughts of God give us the body of God. Is everyone listening? No, 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 no. Well, the body of Christ, right, is not meant to be um, English. The Bible says your body is what? The temple of the Holy Spirit. This is actually the root system. This is your root system. This is how God sinks his, his roots, his, his seed, sinks into the earth through this body. By the time we give our minds, amen, to the thoughts of God, to God's word, what happens to us? It's like we become God's root system. That's why the Bible says the wicked shall be cut off from the earth and the transgressors will be rooted out of it. But the meek, who are the meek? You know, you see meekness in the Bible. We think it's people that bow their heads down at old people and people that are very humble. 
Meekness in the Bible has nothing to do with any gesture towards anyone outside. Meekness is actually a heart posture that receives God's word. I'm going to say it again. Meekness, according to the scriptures, is actually a heart posture that receives God's word. The Bible says, receive ye with meekness the engrafted word of God that is able to save your souls. Hallelujah. If you look at Moses in the scriptures, the Bible says that Moses was the meekest man on the earth. Do you know what the Bible said that? Moses' heart was vulnerable to God's word. Moses had so, as in, for, I don't know like bastardized himself. When he came to God, Moses hurled himself at God relentlessly. I honestly admire that man. I honestly do. He's one of the people that we have for this, this three, seven year cycle, right? Three years in Jesus' name. Amen. I receive it in Jesus' name. I receive acceleration. Hallelujah. He just, he just jumped inside God. He tried everything he could. His spirit was dead. But this guy ran inside God. The Bible said because of this, this, the veil in this man's heart was so thin, he was the meekest man that's ever lived. The Bible says the meek, those who are vulnerable to God's word, those who think the thoughts of God, those who have the body of God, they will inherit the earth. Is everyone listening? The people that would govern, that own this planet are the meek. The meek person, not the person that kneels down in front of old people. The Bible tells us to do that. So if you, you can't be talking about meekness and you're not doing that, does that make sense? So there's the outward meekness, right, of bowing your head down. Good morning, sir. Good evening, sir. I'm greeting everyone. Be nice. And that's good, right? But you can do that, but you're not allowing God's word to enter into your heart. You know what's not happening to you? You will not be inheriting anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is the meek that will inherit the earth, but the wicked will be cut off from the earth and the transgressors will be rooted out of it. I love when Proverbs speaks that way, when wisdom speaks that way in the book of Proverbs, sorry. Hallelujah. What am I trying to say here, beloved? There are thought processes that will allow us to manifest the body of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about um, um, someone says, I'm the body of Christ. You need to engage that thing you just said because just saying it's not enough. Do you believe it? The, the things in Christ Jesus that we are have to be engaged because if not, those realities, as real as they are, as undeniable as they are, as potent as they are, oh, child of God, you can render the power of God of no effect by your tradition, by the way that you think. Satan has rendered all of God's words spoken to him. God built installations inside of Satan to make sure that this guy keeps on living a specific kind of life. But he fractured himself. The thought processes that produced that thing that can nullify God's word instead of a creature, he's given it to humanity. So that when God is talking to humanity, it can render God's word impotent inside of them, just as it was rendered impotent inside of him. Is everyone listening? The life of death inside of Satan, he has given it to humanity. Hallelujah. But you know what's so cool? The life, hallelujah, that is in God's word, hallelujah, the life that is in the thoughts of God, hallelujah, the life of God in our spirit, man, is called resurrection life. Amen? That's what Jesus Christ said, right? He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet he shall.
Oh dear. No one can hear me, right? Can anyone hear me? It must be real bad. Jesus. Okay, yes, yes. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome, okay. <sighs> okay, cool, I'm gonna keep on going, okay? So sorry, everyone, I was trying to click on, there we go. Original sound, I think I should be louder, louder, I hope so. Okay, so to be carnal minded is death, to be minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is also meant to love God, neither indeed can be. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God, yes. You're not in the flesh, but spirit, yep, 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 yep. If Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus, okay, you can hear me, that's good. Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also do what? He shall quicken the body of death, amen? By his spirit that dwells in you, hallelujah. This right here, amen, is what I was trying to get at um, earlier on, hallelujah. When we allow the processes of God, amen, to frolic in our, in our hearts, in our minds, amen, as we give ourselves to the thoughts of God, something happens to our physical bodies. Deeds of good, deeds of God, deeds of righteousness, amen, they begin to manifest. These are the things that are inside of our spirit man right now. Do you know your resurrected body is inside of you right now? Literally, your resurrected body is inside of you right now. But the way God has designed that we're meant to organically grow into it is that we as believers mature into it. That's actually what happened with Jesus. Jesus Christ morphed onto the, he reached the terminus, right? When he completed the curriculum of the living soul, which is meant to be uh, basically a transition to the life-giving spirit life, amen? Once he completed that transition, the resurrected body literally just swallowed up. It's emanated from his spirit and consumed everything. That's what Paul spoke about in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. He said that, Mortality will be swallowed up by what? By life. These are, these are the topics that Mama likes a lot. Who, who, who here can hear Mama's voice in my voice here? I can hear Mama's voice as I'm speaking. Mama loves resurrection. Hallelujah. That's a theme that Mama really loves to get into. It's so cool because tomorrow is open book. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope um, y'all were able to make sense of things I said. I know that at some point the, the video cut out, but anyways, we'll keep this going. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for joining us, beloved. Um, I hear Pasuche's voice as well. Yes, Pasuche's voice too. That's right, that's right, that's right. Yes, yes, that's so true, so true. Hallelujah. I want to thank you all so much for joining us, beloved. This is Word for Now. The graphic I'm showing you right now is incorrect because on Wednesday we actually have Mysteries of the Kingdom. So this, the graphic I just showed you just now is incorrect. Here is a more updated schedule that shows us Monday's Word for Now. Tuesday is Open Book. And Wednesday, Mysteries of the Kingdom. We haven't had Open Book study in a while now because of a lot of activities We've had the conference. We've had our prayer um, chain from last week. How many of you were blessed by that? It was glorious. I, I, I loved every minute of it, even the ones that I didn't like. I liked them too. <laughs> the, the awakened from sleep to, to straightway lead prayers is so interesting. I was blessed, right? Yes, I was blessed too. Beautiful. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for Nigeria. We continue tomorrow, first of all, with um, the morning watch, right, from 6 a.m. to 7. And then after that, we pray for Nigeria from 7 till 7.30 a.m. Um, then afterwards, we have the afternoon watch before we have open book later on in the evening. Um, this is Word for Now. Pastor Francis Heber sends his love and his greetings, and I'm grateful to him for this opportunity um, to dig into the Word with y'all. I hope you were blessed by all of this, and I want to say that Jesus Christ loves you. <laughs> Hallelujah.
God bless you, beloved. You're officially dismissed. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a blessed night in Jesus' dreams. Bye.